Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Chris Ria. The summer between 7th and 8th grade for me was a very exciting time in my life. And the reason being was because I knew that when school started in eighth grade, I was going to get to play football for the very first time in my life. And I was very excited about this. So I spent the whole summer trying to get ready for this, trying to exercise and run and do different things like that, just to get ready for the football season. And then it came time for tryouts. We went to school. We had tryouts, and my coach told me, Chris, you're going to be the starting running back on our team. And I was super excited about this. Well, about a week before our first game, or actually maybe a few days before our first game, I had one last soccer game of the season. See, I played soccer before I played football. And during this last soccer game of the season, I saw a ball. I was running towards the soccer ball. Another person was running towards that soccer ball at the very same time. We kicked it at the same time, and I tore a ligament in my ankle. And I was very disappointed about this. I mean, it was the first time where I hit the ground, I stood up and couldn't put any weight on my foot. Never happened to me before. And so what I did at that point is we went to the hospital and I had to get crutches. And so I show up a couple days later at school, the week of our first football game, on crutches. I hobble to the locker room and my coach looks at me and he says, what did you do? And I said, I'm sorry, I played soccer and I got injured. And he goes, well, there goes your starting position. And I'll never forget that. And then that week leading up to the game, I still went to every practice. I stood on the sidelines and I watched the team as they got really excited to play that first game. Then game day came. Everyone was excited. Everyone was jumping around. And then there's me sitting on the sideline with my crutches. And I remember this feeling like, I just want to be in. I just want to get onto that field, but I can't. I'm stuck here on the sideline. Well, a few weeks went by, and I was able to get into a game, like maybe the third or fourth week of the season. And I didn't start, but I got into the game, and I was so excited when the coach said, Chris, get in there. I got in my very first huddle, and I'm telling you right now, there's nothing like being in the huddle of a football game. I mean, the energy is high, you're excited, and then when the coach calls your number, you're going to get the ball. It's just so exciting. So he said, we're going to run a play, and I was in the backfield, and they handed the ball off to me, and I got tackled two yards behind the line of scrimmage. It was awesome. I felt just like the Detroit Lions felt all day Monday night. (laughs) Tackled hard, but it was great. It was exciting. And I'll never forget later on in the season, on the last play of the game, we were down by four or five points. 
And my coach said, we're going to just throw it deep. Hail Mary time. And he had me line up as a wide receiver. And I went deep. And my quarterback, he threw the ball up. And two defensive backs went up for it. And they both missed it. And the ball just happened to land right in my arms. And I scored a touch. And I'm telling you, this stuff, so exciting. There's nothing like being in the game of a football game. There's nothing like it. Those of you who played sports, you understand this. But there's a huge difference between the excitement of being in the game and being on the sideline. Totally different experience. Totally different experience the whole week of practice leading up to the game when you know you're going to be in versus when you think you're going to be out. And that's kind of um, the whole point of this series is that it's great to spec, you know, it's great to be a spectator. It's great to learn about God's word. It's great to study his word. It's great to come to church and be with other Christians. It's great to join a life group and really connect with people and have community. It's amazing to just continue to grow spiritually and learn about the things of God. Those are all amazing things. But it's totally different when you use all of that knowledge, all the things that God has spoken to you through his word, all the things that you've learned, when you use that to understand how God has wired you so that you can make a difference in the kingdom of God, it's a totally different thing. And that's what he's called all of us to do. 1 Peter 4.10 says this. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. See, God has wired each and every one of us uniquely, and we all have something different to contribute to the kingdom of God. And he wants us to get involved. Because when everyone doesn't get involved, we're missing something. Because you bring something so unique and individual to the kingdom of God. So what stops people? What stops people from actually getting involved, doing something with their faith? Is it fear? Is it adversity? Is it busyness? Is it a feeling of inadequacy, like, I don't think I'm good enough or talented enough to be out there doing those things? Well, I want to take a look at a passage of Scripture. It's Jesus' words found in Matthew 13. It's called a parable of the sower. And this is what Jesus says. He's teaching one day, and he says this, Matthew 13, 1. He says, that same day, Jesus went out He went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him, and he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying this, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. 
Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So Jesus throws out this parable. And his disciples ask him, he said, Jesus, can you explain to us what, what are you talking about? What does this parable mean? So Matthew 13, 18, Jesus explains it to everyone. This is what he says. He says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word, understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So basically, Jesus says, out of all the people in the world that are going to hear my word, out of all the people that are in church right now, listening to the word of God as it's being opened, as it's being preached, he's saying 75% of the people who are hearing the word of God, it won't stick. 25% of the people who hear God's word, 25% who hear the message of the kingdom of God, only 25% will actually let it kind of let that seed go down deep, discover how God's wired them, and then go out and make a difference in the kingdom, produce fruit 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. Only 25%. And the things Jesus said that hold us back are these. He says, the enemy will lie to you. He'll steal what God is trying to do in your life. How many of you have had an idea of something that you wanted to do for the kingdom of God? Maybe a God idea. How many of you have wanted to get involved? Maybe you want to share your faith. Maybe you want to learn more about God's Word. Maybe you want to teach. Maybe you want to lead a group. Maybe you want to do something of significance in the kingdom of God. And you feel like God was leading you down that road. But then the lies of the enemy stopped you dead in your tracks. The other thing Jesus said is the busyness of life, the worries of the world. This will hold us back. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I got so much going on in my life. I've got a job. I've got a family. I'm trying to work out and get to the gym. I'm trying to do all these things. It just doesn't seem like there's enough time in the day to do it. Another thing Jesus says is adversity will come. Trouble comes. When trouble comes, if we all have trouble, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Trouble comes. And we say, you know what? I don't know how much I believe this word anymore. I mean, if we have a really good God, 
And he's for us. Why is all this trouble here? But Jesus said it's going to come. He also mentions the deceitfulness of wealth, caring more about the American dream than advancing the kingdom of God. These are the things that hold us back from doing what God's called us to do, from contributing to the kingdom of God. You know, I was pre- as I was preparing this message, I started thinking about the whole story of David and Goliath. For those of you who don't know that story, maybe you haven't grown up in church, basically there was two nations fighting each other. There was the Israelites, which were God's chosen people, and there was the Philistines. Two different nations, and they were fighting one another. Well, the Philistines had this giant named Goliath who everyone was scared of. He was a warrior, he was tall, he was big, and he wiped out a lot of people. And so one day David shows up to the battlefield. Now David was young, he was a teenager, he wasn't able to fight in the army. But he was just bringing his brothers some food. His dad sent him with a care package to his brothers. He's bringing his brothers some food. He goes to the front lines and he hears this Goliath guy taunting all the Israelites. And David's like, who does this guy think he is? See, everyone in the army was scared. They weren't willing to step out on the battlefield because the enemy's voice was loud and intimidating. But David, he went to King Saul and he said, I'll fight this guy. And King Saul says, you can't fight this guy, you're a boy. And David says, listen to me, you're right, I can't do it, but I got God. You don't understand. I fought a bear and I fought a lion and God delivered me from them. I can take this guy, I'm telling you. So King Saul says, fine, you want to give it a whirl? Give it a whirl. And he dresses David up in his armor. Let's pick up the story right here in 1 Samuel 17, 38. The Bible says, Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. He said, I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. So David took them off. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. I want to stop right there. Because it's so interesting to me that all of these men in armor wanted to make David like them. If you're going to fight this guy, let me put something on you. Let me restrict you. Let me, you need to do it my way. You need to do it the way we've always done it. And David's like, I don't want to do it this way. I've got God. And I just want to encourage you. Sometimes well-intended people, they think they're encouraging you. They think they're helping you, but they're actually holding you back from what God wants to do in your life because it's different. It's a different life than maybe they thought he had for you. Let's pick this up in verse 40. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the field to fight the Philistine. 
Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at his ruddy-faced boy. He says, am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? He cursed David by all the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. And the enemy will always try to intimidate you and to make you think you're less than what you are. That's what Goliath was trying to do to David. Who do you think you are? You think you're going to take me? You think you can win against me? And see, we hear that voice all the time. This is exactly what Jesus said in the parable of the sower. That the seed that's sown into our lives, what happens? The enemy comes and steals it. How does he do it? He intimidates us. He tries to tell us who we are. He tries to play on all of our insecurities. He'll try to tell you you're not strong enough or good enough or tall enough or thin enough or good looking enough or wise enough or smart enough to do anything of significance in this world. You, you think you're going to do something for the kingdom of God? With your past. You think you're going to be able to do something? You can't do anything. You don't have any gift that's different than anyone else. What do you actually bring to the table? This is the voice of the enemy. And I want to tell you, maybe on our own, some of that's true. We've got God. Amen. Acts 1.8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You're right. By myself, I don't even want to walk on this stage. I really don't. But I believe that God, when he calls you, he equips you, he puts his spirit in you, and he helps you go after the things that he's called you to do. Listen to what David says to the enemy here in 1 Samuel 17, 45. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel. See, David didn't let the enemy lie to him. He didn't let the enemy intimidate him. Because he knew who his God was. The Bible says the people who know their God will do exploits. When we know God, when we know what he's capable of, we can do anything. See, sometimes we forget what God's already done for us. He saved us. He's transformed our lives. We were going one way, he took us another. He forgave us. He redeemed us. He rescued us. He's given us a new identity as sons and as daughters. He's empowered us by the Spirit. And because of that, we can take that step onto the field. We can get out there and get involved with what is happening on this earth for the kingdom. We can all do it. 
So what I want to do is I want to give you two practical ways, two practical ways that you can just get involved in the kingdom of God. This is it. It's like this is how we do it. If we do these two things, we'll, we'll get involved. We'll start contributing today, this week, because that's how amazing God is. The first thing is this. If you're going to get in the game, if you're going to get involved in what God's doing, the first thing is you have to discover how he's wired you. We've got to discover how he's wired us. It's so important because if we don't know where we fit, it's really hard to participate. When I played football, I was a running back. I always wanted to be a quarterback. I wanted to have the ball in my hand all the time, but guess what? I wasn't a quarterback. I wasn't good enough to be a quarterback. It's not what my coach thought that I should play. He said, you're better at getting the ball and running. I said, okay. So even though I wanted to be a quarterback, I wasn't. I was a running back. But in order for a successful play to happen, there was 11 guys who all had to work together. There was a center who had to snap the ball. The quarterback had to get the ball. He had to hand it off to me. The lineman had to block. The wide receivers had to act like they were running routes. All these things had to happen for a play to be executed right. And you see, in the kingdom of God, we need all of us. We don't just need a person up here preaching. We need all of us. There's so many amazing people in this place, and we need you. We offer a class called Discover. You heard about it in the announcements. It's this Wednesday at 7 p.m., and I just want to encourage you. Even if you've been a Christian for a while, I want to encourage you to take this class if you haven't taken it before. Because what we do is we give you a personality test, a spiritual gift assessment, and a passion assessment. And by the end of the class, you have a pretty good idea of how God has wired you and where you fit in the kingdom of God. Some people are wired to serve inside the church. Some are wired to serve outside the church. But you get a great idea. And I can tell you story after story of people who have taken this class and then gone on to do some incredible things. The last time we had the class, one of our newer members, Andrew and Sherry, I don't know if they're in here right now, they took the class and they discovered they have the gift of hospitality and leadership and they are leading a group this semester. We had another girl, Elena, take the class a few times ago and she went through the whole thing and feel, felt like she was really called to music, got with Phil and now she sings on our worship team, Use her gifts to contribute. We had another girl who took the class, and she found out that she really had a passion for middle school students. She didn't even know this before. So she immediately met with our youth pastor. They had a few meetings together, and then she started leading a small group for junior high girls, mentoring them. When two months before that, she didn't think she had anything to offer. Now she's mentoring junior high girls. See, we all have this ability to get in the game. 
We want to set you up for success here. In Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, this is what Paul says. He says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. The whole point of us preaching every Sunday morning, us gathering together as a church is to equip the body of Christ to do things for the kingdom of God, to discover how God's wired them and then go contribute and do something for the kingdom of God. And there's so many things to do. There's so many things to do. So I want to encourage you. Come to Discover. Get involved. This past Sunday, we did a new community luncheon. And at the new community luncheon, we had six or seven new people who were attending the church. And one of our volunteers, Misty Allen, sorry, don't want to put you on the spot over there, Misty. But she, what she does is she said, Chris, I want, I have the gift of hospitality. I don't want to be in front of anybody, but I love doing things behind the scenes. She made chicken piccata from scratch. Now, I'm Italian, so this is a tough sell for me, a chicken piccata from scratch. It was amazing. Did a great job. For our staff and for the people who are coming. Because she said, I want to put some of myself into it. See, for me, I'm like, that doesn't feel like a lot of fun. For her, that was a way to contribute and bless someone at such a high level put all that care into it and invest into it. And no one would ever know unless I told you right now. Sorry, Misty. But there's so many different roles. To me, that role was just as important as what was happening here from the pulpit on a Sunday morning because that's someone using their gift for the kingdom of God. So that's the first thing. Discover how God's wired you. The second thing is this. Make time to get involved. Make time to get involved. Parable of the sower. Jesus said the busyness of life and the worries of life will prevent people from getting involved. We're busy. I know it. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, the whole chapter is him basically talking about how his assignment in the kingdom of God is to preach the gospel. It's to go out, it's to start churches, it's to cultivate bodies of Christ everywhere. And this is what he's called to do. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. What he's saying is this. He's saying that the message of Christ to him 
is more important than anything else in the world. His contributions to the kingdom of God is more important than anything else he could do on this earth. He says, so I don't just kind of add it to my life over here. I don't just kind of put this over here somewhere. What I do is it's everything. I go into strict training. I pray. I read God's word. I seek him. I go into training, and I'm running as a person who's running to win That's the difference. You see, a message like this, it can bring guilt, right? Okay, I better do something. It's in God's word. I hate guilt, and I hate fear as a motivator. Fear is a terrible motivator. It never works, or if it does work, it's unhealthy. Don't do this out of fear of God. Don't do this out of thinking you know, I'm guilty and I need to get involved. Do this because the message of Christ has transformed your heart so much. And you love spending time with him and having intimacy with him so much that you can't help but spill that out to everywhere you go. That's the point of this. It's not to guilt anyone into getting in the game. It's not because we need more helpers. It's because we want you to experience the life-changing power of God. When God uses you to make a difference in someone else's life, it trumps everything, anything you can do on this earth. When, he, when you know that the God of the universe wired you a specific way and he used you to make a difference in the transformation in someone's life, oh my gosh, you can't buy that. You can't put a price tag on it because it's so powerful and it's so life-changing. And that's why we're here. We're here to get more people who don't know Christ to know Christ. So that they can experience the life-changing power of the gospel message and it can change everything in their world. And they can have an eternity with God. That's why we're here. And we need you. This church needs you. You bring something so unique and amazing. I was meeting with a guy this week and he called me. He's a guy who's been involved in our church for a while now, and he called me, and he's one of those guys that just loves doing ministry. He's got a full-time job. He's got a family. He's going to school to get his master's. But he called me this week, and he's already serving in one area, but he says, Chris, I'm not doing enough. I need to do more. I'm not doing enough. I can't help it. I can't sit on the sideline. I want to do something. I got to teach. I got to lead. I got to be part of a conversation to grow the church. I got to do something. I loved his heart. I loved his heart. I loved hearing that there are still people 
who find their fulfillment in what God is doing in their heart and in their life and what they can do for the kingdom. That's where our fulfillment should come. And I got to tell you, this conversation inspired me. It inspired me for this message. It inspired me to pray for every single person to understand how God has wired them so that they can make time to invest in the kingdom because there's no better investment of your time to be made. There's no better investment. So you can get involved. You can get involved inside a church, inside our church. We've got plenty of different ministry teams for you to serve on. One for every kind of person in our church. But maybe you don't have, maybe you say, Chris, I have little ones at home. I, I can't really do much. My family, my work, I, I just can't come to church. Another, I just can't do it. The crazy thing about our world right now is everyone has a voice. You've heard of social media, right? Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, WordPress blogging. You have a voice. There's things you can do from home. You could write a devotional out and post it online. You could let people know what God is speaking to your heart. You could take the things that you're passionate about the kingdom of God and inspire others online. There's so many things we can do. You can have conversations with coworkers. You can help someone who's in need. There's so many opportunities to be part of what God's doing on the earth. And I just want to invite you to get in the game. I know so many of you are already there. You're in that 25%. And you're multiplying the kingdom of God. I just made eye contact with Chris over here. This guy is here up at our church three days a week helping with our children's renovation, just volunteering and working. He's even been shocked a few times, I think. (laughs) There's so many ways to get involved and to get in. So what's holding you back if you're not? That's the question I want you to ask yourself right now. What is it? Is it the enemy? Is it the busyness and worries of this life? Is it trouble or adversity? Is it fear? Is it a feeling of inadequacy? A feeling that you've made too many mistakes to ever contribute anything of significance? What is it? Because I want you to know those are all lies. You see, when God sent his son to this earth and Jesus died on the cross for our sins and then rose again, he paid the ultimate price for our sin, for our shortcomings, for our shame. He came against the lies of the enemy in that moment that told us we weren't good enough because we're not good enough on our own. 
But when he rose from the dead and we put our faith in him, he forgives us and we actually, he puts his righteousness on us. God sees us as righteous because he sees Christ in us. We have the ability to contribute because of the cross. Because Jesus made a way. He made a way for us to know him intimately. We sang about it this morning. He made a way for me to enter the holy place. I am yours. You are mine. And we'll be together forever. I want us all to stand. We're going to sing this closing song together. And here's what I want you to remember during this song. I feel like one of the number one reasons that hold people back is just a lack of intimacy with our Father. Just a lack of knowing him and his word. Because when people are hungry for the word of God, when they're intimate with God, when they're spending time with him, he just has a way of leading us and guiding us. So the end of this service is all about getting back to that place where we can say, you made a way for me. I am yours. You are mine. And God, I want to know you. I want to have those moments with you. I want you to speak to my heart. I want you to speak to me through your word. I want to know you, God. I want to know you, God. I want to get back to that place. That's my prayer for all of us this morning. And I'm going to believe that as we sing this closing song, that the Holy Spirit would remind us who we are. That we would make that connection with God again. And that would be from, it would be from that place that we're inspired to get in the game. From grace, from the Holy Spirit. Not from guilt, not from fear, not from shame. But from that intimate place. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.